Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. Billy Brim is with us again from Prayer Mountain in the Ozarks, and you don't want to miss any of these broadcasts. Billy always feeds us good stuff. Hallelujah. Well, bless the Lord, Gloria. We're talking about the end of days, and that's when we're living. And you name this the voice of victory. Yes. And that's what Jesus gave us. He always causes us to triumph. Now, when you talk about the end of days, some people get scared. I know they get scared. I get excited. I get excited. It's not the end of time. No. It's the end of this dispensation. It's not the end of us. No. And thank God it's going to be the end of some of the things that are going on. Yeah. You know, the end of the Adam's work week and we're going over into the seventh day and, and then the glorious Hallelujah. eternity in the future. And so some things are coming to um, um, an end, thank God. And uh, things, some things are coming to judgment, thank God. There is a, a tribulation period on the earth when some things are judged. You are not in it. We'll be If you that. have given your life to Jesus That's Christ. Right and you're born from above, then you will be above with him at the marriage supper of the Lamb. But uh, one of the things here now, as we're coming to this age, I've talked about it before this week, a lot of people are frightened and they're in fear. Are they really? Yep, even church members, I'm Mm. sorry to say. Uh, But uh, here we are on the end and we're, we're gonna, now we established yesterday because it is established in the book of Ephesians that when he quickened Jesus, he quickened the head, he quickened his body. When he raised his head, he raised his body. That would be us. When he seated him, he seated us in him. And now we are seated at the right hand of the Father, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named. So when we talk about Satan, we're going to. We're going to talk about this week and next. We're going to talk about Satan, where he came from. We're going to talk about demons, those demons running around that you have to deal with. But you never, ever lose the perspective of sitting above. You see, right here in this book of Ephesians, which is my favorite book in the whole Bible, and which would be a good one, it's written to, for, and about the church. Right here in that same uh, chapter, I'm same book of Ephesians, it ends with Ephesians 6, uh, 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Yes. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or strategies of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. We're going to talk about all those different things. So right here, and and then I love verse 13. Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, King James says, that's not what the Greek says. I have a center reference Bible and it says over there, having overcome all. Oh, I like Having it. I overcome like all stand. So from your position of having overcome, then you stand. Well, here in the last days, God's got an army. Bless the Lord. He's got those. Now, when you're in the same book where it talks about wrestling against, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's not really the men, the women that you see their flesh and their blood, but it's behind them, the prince of the powers of the air. And in this same book, it tells us your position over from chapter two. You're seated above them. 
So when we talk about them, we're going to talk about Satan, his origin and demons and how to deal with them. We're not looking from any other point of view except above. I know Fred Price used to say, keep looking down. <laughs> Instead of keep looking up, keep looking down. Always thinking, he overcame them, we've overcome Amen. them by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. But now, a thing to realize that was going on the end, it seems like things are getting crazy, crazier and crazier. Uh, even my young grandchildren are saying, Oh my goodness, you know, they're not out of high school that many years. They're saying, whoa, so much worse now than it was when we went. You know, it hadn't been that many years ago. Hmm. So as the end approaches, Satan's fighting for his survival. It says in the book of Revelation that he knows when his time is up. His time is up when Adam's lease is up. He, notices, he knows the day the lease runs out. But he's still fighting for survival. He still thinks he might win because after all, God is depending upon men to have faith in him and, and men are unreliable. So Satan's still thinking that he might win. And so he has come forth now on all fronts, seemingly at once uh, fighting for his survival. Everything now is spiritual. It's not political. Even as we approach these days before the election of the president of the United States of America, it is not political. It is spiritual because God needs a man yes, who will go or a woman who will go with God's plan and who will uh, inquire of God and be an instrument in the hands of God, who, someone who gives uh, their life unto God and lets him do with it something. So when you vote, when I vote, uh, we're going to be voting uh, according as best we can tell how God wants us Praise to vote. God. Now, all eyes right now are on Israel because things are not political or spiritual. Here's this little bitty land. It's a land of the Bible. Israel is so small right now. It's the size of New Jersey, 60 miles wide. The size of, size New, of New, Jersey. New Jersey, 60 miles wide and its widest point. If you put the bottom of Israel on uh, Los Angeles, the top will not reach to San Francisco. That's how little Israel is. And the whole world is up in arms about Israel. The whole Isn't world. Isn't that amazing? Israel is so small, you can't even write the name of it on the map. You've got to write Israel out in the ocean because it's so really? little. Really? I didn't realize that. Yes, but it's, it's all eyes are on it. Why? Because of Jerusalem and because of the age to come. Jerusalem is going to be the capital of the whole earth. And because of what God's doing, bringing the Jews back home. So Mama. Satan through the years, he knew what God said about Israel. And so he's always had his plan. He's fighting for survival. If he can just kill all the Jews, then he can stop God's word from coming to pass about him. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. And he's tried it and tried it over and over and over. We'll just think about Hitler yeah. and the 12th Reich. He supposed did his to last, best, but it Supposed to last enough. a thousand years. He did his worst, I should say. But the Third wasn't. Reich, the Third Reich. Supposed to last a thousand years and it lasted 12. And the Jews are still here. They came up out of those Still ovens. Still multiplying. They went home. They came up out of the ovens in 1945. In 1948, they got their own land, just like God said. So all that's going on. Mm. And, uh, and we see here, it, it, it's really between two kingdoms. The kingdom of the light and the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness is making its last ditch effort to take things over. Now, this is a book. And it won't be good enough. And this is a book written by a Jew. And um, 
looking at the end of days from the Jewish point of view and figuring out, kind of, kind of looking to uh, the Messiah. When is he coming? Now, we, we're going to see that Satan is revealed in his names. That'll come later. He's called the accuser of the brethren. He's called the deceiver. He's called a thief, mm-hmm. a murderer, a liar. Those are accurate. Those are all accurate. We're going to look at those in the Bible. But the Jews have another name for him, uh, Sitra Akra. And Sitra Akra means the other side. You know how Moses, when he went down there and he found them and they built that golden calf? Yeah. And he said to them, he drew a line on the sand and he said, who's on the Lord's side? You come over here. That would be me. Yes, me. I'm on the Lord's side. So there are sides in this thing. And one of them is the side of light. And you get to choose. And you get to choose. Nobody can do it for you? No. But one of their names that they have for him is the Citra. This is in the Deceiver. The Citra Accra. Right down here. Which one? Okay. Yeah, yeah, those were not two. It's it's right down here. The Citra Accra. The other side. side. That's interesting. I've never heard that before. And so uh, now I'm going to read you from his book. And one of the big things about the end times, I'd say one of the biggest signs, Jesus said it. They said, what's the sign if you're coming to set up the kingdom? And he said, watch the fig tree, Israel. So here's the big thing. God's bringing the Jews home. They're God's time clock. You want to know what time it is in the earth? You see what God's doing with the Jews. So Pickus Winston, who wrote this book, says, One has to know from the outset that when it comes to regaining and settling Eretz Israel, which means the land of Israel, it's going to be a battle. A spiritual battle, even a physical battle, an actual battle. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. When the Antichrist surrounds Jerusalem in in the book of Zechariah, it's about that battle because it's for Jerusalem. Eretz Israel, the land of Israel, represents the key to the final redemption. And of course, he's talking about the redemption of Israel. And as such, it spells the end of the Sitra across existence. And therefore he, the Sitra across the other side, will invoke whatever abilities he has to prevent the return of the entire Jewish nation to the borders of the land of their fathers. However, Return to her borders we must, and by a certain fixed date. So we see in Israel right now, I don't, I don't care if he has to raise up all the Islamic armies. He raises up ISIS. He raises up Iran. He raises up this. But the whole thing is, let's wipe Israel from the face of the earth. Now, when God gets his, of course, he's not going to happen. He's going to get that plan. He's going to get it into effect. But that's going to, um, that right now, there's a battle over it. And um, that plan will be their doom. That plan is their doom. And over here on another, um, it says here in, in this book in another place, the Sitra across very existence depends on holding off the Jews coming home and holding off what God has said would happen. So he does everything he could through the years to foil the plan. He has been successful for thousands of years. 
And he was able to count uh, Eretz Israel as one of his possessions. The Jews were scattered all over the whole earth. Now his power lies, his main power lie, lay then when he could, um, when he had power on the Temple Mount, hmm. over the Temple Mount and over Israel. If he can keep God from setting up, like Ezekiel said, is going to be set up an earthly millennial temple, then he, he feels he could win. But this man, of course, knows that it's not going to happen. He's always had an exaggerated opinion had. of himself. And so he's trying to happen whenever they come up with all these peace plans yeah. and Israel just give a little more land and then we'll be peaceful. No, never work, never, because it is appeasing the Sitra Kra. It is appeasing Satan who is fighting for his very uh, life and fighting to stay here. But we know from the written word of God that he's not going to do it. Who is this enemy? He's the enemy of God and he's the enemy of God's plans and he's the enemy of God's people. The reason why he's your enemy is because he's God's enemy. Now, you have to keep an uppermost in your mind who you are. You're in the third group of people, the church. You're at the right hand uh, of the Father. And I'm going to read you from a few, few books about this. Uh, the first one's going to be the Triumphant Church and um, by Kenneth E. Hagin. Believers are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Far, this on? is page one. Okay. Far above all principalities and powers of darkness, no demon can deter the believer who is seated with Christ far above all the works of the enemy. Our seating and reigning with Christ in heavenly places is a position of authority, honor, and triumph. Glory. Not failure, depression, and defeat. Since the church of the Lord Jesus has the triumph and victory over the devil and his cohorts in every encounter, why does it seem so many believers are subject to Satan and his deceptions? We're going to be dealing with that this week. Whether or not believers are victorious over the devil depends on what view they have of themselves. What do they know about the Word of God? And what do they know about themselves? Yeah. Now, going on down to the next to last paragraph. The triumphant church is the biblical perspective of the body of Christ, seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers. The triumphant church scripturally portrays a body of believers who not only know their authority, but exercise their authority Amen. in Christ and therefore reign victoriously in life through Jesus Hallelujah. Christ over Satan, a defeated foe. That's what we're told to do. Romans 5, 17, reign over him. Yes, amen. In this age, when demon activity is increasing around the world, and folks, that's what I'm here to, here to talk about. It's increasing and people are recognizing it and some of them are getting afraid. In this age, when demon activity is increasing around the world, it is vital that believers know what their redemption in Christ entitles them to. We need to be fully convinced of the authority that is ours because of the victory yeah. Jesus Amen. has already won for us over the power of the enemy. Kelly, can you remember, I'm sure you do, the days before you knew the power in the name of Jesus and that these things belong, what belongs to us in Christ Jesus? It was kind of like a hope it's so. sad, wasn't it? It was sad. kind of like a hope so. You yeah. know, I hope. Yeah. Uh, 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 and of course, I, I was born again. I was a believer. But it, I, I didn't have any of this real knowledge of the authority mm. that I had. No. 
No, no. I just hope I can get my little four kids raised here without, you know, any of them dying or some of them this and that, you know. Mm. Uh, not without starving, whatever. Uh, but thank God. Thank God. We need to be fully convinced of the authority that is ours because of right. the victory Jesus has already won for us. It's done. It's a done deal. Over all the power of the enemy. The only way. Now, here's the key. Here's the key. Here's the key. He asked a question up here. Why do some believers still have Satan ruling over them? The only way we can have confidence in our authority over the enemy is to know and walk in the light yeah, that's right. of the written word of God. I can testify to the truth of that. Yes. Amen. Bless the Lord. Now I'm going to read you from another couple of books. This is from the Authority of the Believer. Oh, I want everybody to have this book by Macmillan. He writes, the rapidly approaching end of the age is witnessing a tremendous increase in the activity of the powers of darkness. We see it. It's everywhere. So he says, to meet the situation, the church of Christ needs a new conception of prayer. It's prayer all right, but it's a different kind of prayer. The urgent call is for men and women wholly yielded to the Lord whose eyes have been enlightened to see their ministry in the heavenlies. We're going to be talking about the heavenlies. We're going to be talking about Satan operating in the heavenlies, but you're over him in the yeah, heavenlies. That's right. And you have a ministry in the heavenlies over him. Praise God. He doesn't need to be having high carnival in your life. No. Whose eyes have been if enlightened. If you don't tell him what to do, he'll tell you. He'll tell you. The urgent call is for men and women wholly yielded to the Lord whose eyes have been enlightened to see their ministry in the heavenlies to which they have been called. Such believers mm -hmm. may in union with the great head of the body exercise an authority to which the powers of the air must give place Amen. wherever challenged. Lord. They don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, oh, so we're thankful. going to look at the origins and operations of Satan and his kingdom. And we're going to look at what uh, Macmillan talked about. Uh, yes, there's an increase in demonic activity. Yes, it's everywhere. Yes, Ephesians 2 tells us there are those whose minds are, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Hmm. There are children of disobedience down here on this earth. Some of them are the heads of countries. Yeah. Some of them are sitting on uh, government offices, high authority. But it doesn't matter where they are. If the prince of the power of the air, prince of the power of the air, we're going to talk about why he's called that and how he got to be operating in oh, the power of the air. Oh, that'll be interesting. He, he's called the god of this world. He's called the prince of the power Which of the air. Which does not include our us. It's the world system. Yeah. It's a world system. And he's the prince of it. And he's running things. Some people think God's running everything. Uh, Brother Hagin tells a story about he ran, read after one columnist who said, I'm agnostic. He said, there may be a God. I don't know if there is or not. But Christians say he's running everything. And if he is, he sure got things in a mess. And that's because Christians are, uh, they're unaware right. of where he operates, what, uh, he's, what dominion he's had, what realm he's operated in. God is sovereign, all right. 
But in his sovereignty, we're going to go into detail into this. In Good. his sovereignty, he gave the authority to Adam. And then Adam gave it over to Satan. Adam had authority over his house. Just he like had you authority. have authority over your yes. house. But he didn't use it. He gave it up. We're it was, not he delivered it, it to Satan. So since Adam, we're going to, oh, we're going to go, we're going to give his scriptures on That'll this. That will be good. Uh, since Adam, that. then he, he reigned, death reigned. But then Jesus Christ came. First the word came and then Jesus came. And Jesus Christ has restored authority to the body of Christ. Wow. Hallelujah. I can testify to the fact that the authority in the name of Jesus works. Hallelujah. I go back to the days, you know, when you in debt, couldn't pay your bills. Didn't know how you were going to make it. Bondage. If you got sick, you just put your pajamas on and went to bed instead of rebuking it. That's just no way to live. No. We should live in, our, in the power of our authority. Fear and came knocking at your to door. Take oh, fear was the one that got me. I used to be so afraid. It was a spirit of fear. I had to have a deliverance. But fear, oh. It's wonderful to be free. What does the scripture say? You'll know the truth and the, the truth, truth will make you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless like the Lord. Uh, Brother Norval Hayes got caught up to heaven. And the Lord told to Norval Hayes, there are two words that my children should say repeatedly. They're the most important words for them to say after they get born again. Here they are. I'm free. Yep. I'm free. I think so. I'm I think that's free. A, whatever comes up. Whatever. I'm free. Any bondage. I'm free. Because the I'm truth, free. if you know the truth. The truth. It's makes you free. Makes you free. I found that to be absolutely the truth. So tomorrow we're going to talk about Hallelujah. the origins of Satan and his kingdom. This helps people, Billy. I think it will. people that don't know, you remember how we, when we first learned about taking authority? Yes, I did. We didn't know how to take authority, no. but we found out we had authority. We began to take we it. We began to. And things began to change. Things Glory began to, to change when we took our authority. Billy and I will be right back. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes.